Welcome to the Legal Nurse Podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your legal nurse consulting skills. Every week, you'll hear from experts from within and outside the legal nurse consulting business. They'll share their knowledge to help you grow. Your show is moderated by Pat Iyer, a legal nurse consultant with over 30 years experience. So join our community, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Here's your host, Pat Iyer. Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast. This is Pat Iyer, and today we're going to be talking about some of the tricky challenges in working with employees, interviewing, hiring, and firing. Hopefully, there are a lot of people who don't end up in the firing pot, but I have fired my share of employees of employees over the years, and I wanted to bring in to our discussion Lori Kleinman, who is an HR expert. She's a business expert with more than 25 years of experience advising companies on HR issues, a topic that we get involved in once we become employers. Her background as a human resources professional and consultant gives her unique insight on how HR professionals and executives and business owners can work together to achieve business goals. Her programs are designed to provide critical HR updates and best practices to small businesses. I know once I became an employer, there was a whole set of regulations that I was responsible for knowing, and Lori has deep expertise in that area. She also has served as adjunct faculty member at a number of university and is currently self-employed working with companies to help them with their HR practices. She's an author, a speaker, and a consultant. And Lori also has a master's degree in human resources and she's been certified as a senior professional in human resources by the HR Certification Institute. Lori and I met probably about a year ago in San Jose when we were both attending the same conference on technology and discovered that we were living about 15 minutes apart from each other in Florida. So we formed a group along with a couple of other people of local people in Florida who are members of the National Speakers Association and that group just has grown and grown. We had a meeting earlier this week and we had 13 people, which is our largest number from a small core of four people who started it. So Lori and I have interacted in a number of ways over the last couple of years with getting to know each other and being part of this small NSA group. And as I've gotten to know Lori, I realized that her deep understanding of HR would be of benefit to the people in my audience, particularly those who have employees or are thinking about hiring employees in the future. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thanks, Pat. And Lori, in the past, when legal nurse consultants would hire legal, would look to hire employees, we would place classified ads in newspapers. Uh, now the more common approach seems to be to use online sites. Can you give us any perspectives on what we should be looking for if we want to use an online site 
to hire an employee? Absolutely. I think um, what's important for your small business people to really know is one that has emerged as the top site for business people, which is called Indeed.com. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com. And the reason it's so attractive to small business owners is that there is no upfront cost, and rather it allows you to set a daily expense limit for how many um, people you want to allow to apply for your position, and it's a really great way to keep costs under control. I use it for all of my clients, and typically a budget can be around $150 to have a really great job posting up there. So that's where the job seekers are going today, and it's very effective for small business people. The other thing that I talk to people about electronic is it is so important to reach out to your social media networks and really think about LinkedIn, for example, and you don't have to do a paid ad on LinkedIn, but just let people in your community know that you're looking to add someone to your team and who might they know. So those are a couple of great low-budget resources that really will deliver the results I think your audience is looking for. And in comparison, when I ran classified ads, particularly looking for secretarial assistance, I would typically spend five, six, seven hundred dollars with the newspapers asking for a commitment of two weeks or three weeks. So indeed is certainly a much more cost effective solution. Yes, and you know, Monster and Career Builder, which are known to so many people, are more in the price range that you're talking about. They will be three to four hundred dollars and really are not in the forefront of what we're doing today. So, um, you know, LinkedIn, you don't even need to buy the ad. You can just put it on your um, profile as an update and it will, you will be amazed at how many people out there you really know. Mm. that are able to send you referrals. Mm -hmm. So I've been in the situation many times of getting a stack of resumes emailed or faxed or um, on occasion in the mail, but rarely, in response to an application that I have put out stating the qualifications of the position I'm looking for. Do you have any thoughts on how we can narrow down a pool of candidates who've applied for a job? Definitely. It's so important that you write an ad in a way that people self-select themselves out, i.e. they never even send you their resume to begin with. Because, Pat, you are so right that people will just go through and shoot off resumes um, really without reading the whole content of your ad. So one of the things is to start by really putting in there exactly what you're looking for and what is non-negotiable. So for instance, in your audience, if, you are, if people have to be a licensed registered nurse, which I assume many people would be looking for, um, you know, put that right in the ad. 
Then the beauty of these electronic systems is they allow us to ask questions of the candidates before they're even allowed to apply. So let's use that example that you have to be a licensed registered nurse. You can ask that and if the answer to that is no, you'll never even see their resume. And so that's a really nice feature. Um, it is free with something like Indeed.com. And so it's a great way to get those people out of your way, is to be asking those questions electronically before you even look at the resume. I appreciate your point about people applying for a job without reading the qualifications completely because I've had people who have applied who have been geographically located in a different part of the state where they would never be able to handle the commute or even in a different state. And I think sometimes people believe that they can finesse their way into a position being a virtual one. And I know that's another whole area that we could explore, but at the time that I've been hiring, I wanted, for my legal nurse consulting business, I wanted people who could walk in the door every day and be part of a team. Right. So again, so you've got a couple of interesting things. And what I do want to share with your audience is that technically you are not allowed to eliminate candidates based on location unless they are unable to meet the qualifications of the job. So for instance, if you are having somebody go into a courtroom and be a legal expert, they have to be in the community in which you serve. And so right in the ad, I typically put in all caps, um, no virtual or relocation available. Must be able to attend in-person court appearances, blah, 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 blah. Um, again, I make that one of the questions when they're applying electronically. And for some of you that may um, use other methods, and so these resumes are coming into your inbox, one of the things that I've done that's been extremely effective is to have a standard template that you reply to every resume. Your electronic email system may even be able to do this for you automatically, but that sends the candidate a list of four or five written questions, and they might be just that, and that you don't consider their application until you receive those questions back in writing. The reason that I do that is to Pat's earlier point, only the candidates that are truly interested in moving forward in your process are going to take the time and energy to respond to those questions. I also love the fact that I'm able to see very quickly who has what kind of writing skills. Um, what, what is their ability to communicate? Because many people I'll get back and they just say yes, no, maybe, let's talk further. Um, and that really tells you everything you want to know, especially in your field. So 
think about using this idea of intern or early on screening questions to get at some of these issues and they'll provide some of these other benefits as well. You make me think about a woman that I interviewed for a secretarial position and I gave every person who walked in the door a um, basically a grammar and spelling test. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone, nurses and support staff, had to be able to pass this to my satisfaction. And one woman really did poorly on it. And she looked at me and she said, I don't do spelling. I do oh, spell well. check. <laughs> and I looked at her and I thought, well, then you're not going to last here because spell check is not infallible. Right. And we can't have somebody who doesn't have a really good proofreading eye work for a legal nurse consultant. I think that's one of the the core skills that anyone has to have because a change in a date or a misspelling of a word or a name can throw off the entire validity of what we're doing. Right, and don't forget we've all had the problem where we have a properly spelled word in a sentence but it's the wrong word for the syntax we're trying to accomplish. So um, having somebody that just relies on those red or green squiggly lines underneath their their wording is, is never going to work. And let me share with you and your listeners, Pat, one of my favorite resources. One of the things people have to be careful about when they're doing pre-employment testing is that the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, and now I'm referring very specifically to those people in the United States. I know that we have listeners from all over the world, and I can't speak to every country's laws. But in the United States, people have to be very careful that they are not discriminating, and sometimes that discrimination can come unintentionally. And so, The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is very careful to look at pre-employment tests and make sure that they are both valid and reliable for the candidate pool. So the best way that I um, recommend people do pre-employment testing is to be sure that they are using an external vendor with tests that have been vetted to meet the standards of the EEOC. I walk into many businesses, and you may have done this years ago, Pat, um, in your business, but where people make up their own tests. And that can be a very dangerous proposition. So I've got a couple of resources. Um, again, I this is nothing that I sell, but that I have found to be really good. And one's called totaltesting.com. They have a zillion tests. I believe it even includes some nursing background that if you wanted to make sure these people know what they're talking about, you can go in. I know there's general healthcare information. So really think about, you can just Google pre-employment testing and really good organizations will come up. But total testing, what I like about them for small business is that you just buy the test you need one off. There is no commitment. It's about $20 a test. And um, 
again, there's no commitment. So for those of you in the audience that may be thinking of hiring one part-time person, either an assistant or another legal nurse consultant, it's a great way to get some validity check on whether or not this person has the skills you're looking for without making a major investment. Well, that's a great point, Laurie. I have not heard of that organization, and I think that's a terrific resource for people. Great. If they have any questions, too, we're going to give information how they can reach out to me at the end of the call. I'll be happy to share with people. You just brought up about the regulations and discrimination. I think it would be helpful for our listeners to review quickly what questions a legal nurse consultant may not ask during a job interview. So essentially, everything you have to you're going to ask has to be job related. So for example, you don't want to ask a question that might give you an answer. So a, an example is what are some of your outside hobbies? I would say to you, what's the difference? And a lot of people say, well, I like to know that people are involved in the community and whatever else. But by answering that question, they may give you information into their sexual orientation, into their religious beliefs, into you know some things, maybe their age, things that you really can't use. So you can't ask any question. I shouldn't say that. It's not that you can't ask the question. It's that you can't make hiring decisions based on age, creed, sex, national origin. Um, sexual orientation is actually something that's dictated um, by local law, not federal law at this time. So you just want to be sure that you're not getting extraneous information. For instance, we're not allowed to say to a woman, do you need to pick children up at daycare? However, there would be nothing wrong with you saying, because we support the legal community, we are often required to stay late into the evening and be available to our clients on the weekends and evening hours. Would that be an issue for you? And so it's okay. It's, I always say to people, it's like your mom said to you, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Mm -hmm. And what you want to do is always bring that question back to the job. So as I, that's a great example. Childcare is one we use a lot. You're not allowed to ask someone, are you a U.S. citizen, for example? But you certainly can say, in order to work for our organization, you're going to need to provide documentation that you can legally work in this country. Can you provide that? So um, those are some of the kinds of things. Again, it all just has to come back to the job. And you don't want to ask questions that open up a conversation around things that you really probably shouldn't have access to. You may be wondering, which site do I use? How do I select my teammate? Who handles payment? How do I get the most benefit from an outsourced worker? How do I outsource 
LNC tasks? We answer these questions and much more in our course, Outsourcing for Nurse Entrepreneurs Made Easy. This is an on-demand course taught by attorney Dina Eisenberg, who is a master of outsourcing. Learn how to get out of overwhelm, effectively ask for help, and hire the right teammates for you. There is an easier way to get more done with less stress. Delegate. Running a successful business can be hard. There's so much to do and learn that it's easy to feel overwhelmed and out of your element and just plain scared about what to do next and how to get it all done. You know how to delegate as a nurse. Now we apply those principles to running your business more efficiently so you can save time and earn more money in your business. This is an on-demand course that you can access at any time. Order our course and start reducing your stress level by using this link, http colon forward slash forward slash lnc.tips forward slash outsourcing and get 25% discount off the course using the code LISTENED. Put that code in the coupon box at checkout. That link again is http colon forward slash forward slash lnc.tips forward slash outsourcing. So let's envision you're sitting in a conference room and the candidate is sitting opposite you and you've reviewed in your mind all those tricky questions, the ones that you can ask and the ones that you should avoid. What should you be looking for when you're interviewing that candidate? So what you do want to be asking is what we call behavioral-based interview questions. And I will give you an example. And what that means is you want to get to questions about how the person has behaved in the past. So for example, the old-fashioned question of what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, but I want to know that. So here's a question to ask instead. Instead of saying, what are your strengths, which is a question that people have prepared and they're going to give you their canned answer. Rather think about asking the question, tell me the last time you had a huge success on your job and what was that all about? What did you do really well and how did that impact the rest of the organization? Same thing with what are your weaknesses. I love to ask the question, tell me about the last performance review you had. What was something on there you needed to work on and what did you do to make it better? Not only will that identify where the person's real weaknesses are, but it will help you know that they're open to constructive criticism, that they did or did not take action to improve, which is what you want in an employee. Nobody is going to be able to do everything you need them to do perfectly right off the bat. So what you're really looking for is an employee who can understand that they're not perfect at everything, they can listen to your feedback, and they can make changes in their behavior to make it a more positive work environment. So you want to ask these questions when, 
when I do training on recruiting, I talk about a three-step process in creating the questions where you start with what was the situation, what is the task the employee had to accomplish, and then what action did they take to make that happen. And that really helps frame what happened. One of the things I love to ask newer um, entry-level employees, those who may have just come out of school, when you want to find out how they're going to work with you, ask them about their last group project in school. How did it go? What role did they take? What happened when the group was falling apart? Because we've all been in those group projects in college, and we know that they're rarely 100% successful. That's going to help you understand about that employee and how they really work in a dynamic work situation. And those are a lot better questions than tell me your strengths and weaknesses. Boy, I, I like right. that approach. <laughs> Thanks. Suppose you have somebody who you really think is going to be a good candidate and you ask that person for references. What are some tips that you can give us about that process of speaking to references or finding if you're really getting something other than this person walks on water and is the, the most wonderful person on the face of the earth? Right. Well, A, um, the first thing is never ask for personal references. None of us really care what Aunt Bessie thinks of his or her niece or nephew. Um, it's not going to provide you any productive information. What you do want to do is you want to go back through the work history, make sure there are no gaps in employment, and call each of those places to make sure, in fact, what they put on their resume is true and accurate. Now, in this, um, in the organization of our listeners today, we may have a lot of people who worked on their own, other independent legal nurse consultants who are looking to team up with someone else. If that's the case, I would just ask for the name of a customer or two and call those clients and make sure, in fact, they were in business and service those customers. But back to calling former employers, you want to verify the dates of employment, make sure that that was accurate, and then really I ask one key question, and that is, is the person rehirable? If you had a position open today, would you welcome this person back to your team? If the answer is yes, you pretty much know everything you want to know because nobody's going to hire someone back that they didn't have a good experience with. If the answer is no, you might probe a little further and see if they'll tell you why not. But generally, that is a question that everybody will answer. It sometimes is very difficult. People think that they can get sued if they tell you bad things about an employee, which really isn't the case as long as it's honest information, but it is the way most of the world feels. But most people will answer the question, are they rehirable? And I think that that tells you virtually everything you want to know. There was a, a nurse in New Jersey who was found to be guilty of murdering patients. 
and this career of this nurse went on for years and years and years, and he was passed from one institution to the next without honest uh, references. There were suspicions about him, but nothing was proved. And after his uh, conviction occurred, it really caused a sweeping change in health care in the state of New Jersey, and in particular, which is where he worked most of the time, in terms of sharing information about questionable employees, it, it actually flipped this whole issue on its head from, yeah. oh no, all we can do is confirm that he worked here, to, yes, now let's talk about our experience with this nurse so that you can make an informed decision about hiring that person. I know that's an unusual and rare situation, but it put the spotlight on the concern about being sued versus the risk of passing on an employee who should not be brought into an organization. And you bring up another legal concept called negligent hiring. And the issue with negligent hiring, now in your example it sounds like these man, this man's um, suspicions had not really been proven and that does make business is very nervous. But let's just say that you knew, in fact, that he had murdered someone. Or let's take a whole different example um, of somebody coming into a workplace with a gun and shooting a coworker, um, or even, and there not being um, any kind of news around that. If you do not provide that information when somebody calls you for a reference because you know it to be true, you know he walked into your workplace with a loaded pistol and pointed it at someone else, then you could be guilty. If he goes to the next workplace and fires a gun and kills someone, you could actually be guilty of what we call negligent hiring which is not giving that information as Pat's describing to the person who calls for the reference. So the importance of calling for references is that you as a business owner can now say, I have a defensible position. I called them and they didn't tell me anything about it. So how was I supposed to know? Yes, exactly. And that particular situation led to lawsuits against the hospitals mm -hmm. that hired this man and kept him on staff and didn't act on suspicions that they had about his behavior. So it, it changed a lot of things. Uh, unfortunately, his example and the lessons from his example are not universally available in healthcare. There are still organizations who think, as you're describing, Lori, that they can be sued if they pass on their honest evaluation of a, a poor employee. And ironically, that ties into our role as a legal nurse consultant because some of the cases that we get involved in in terms of negligent hiring and negligent supervision are because a patient has been injured by an employee who shouldn't be in health care and the organization's responsibility then comes into the lawsuit and gets um, a spotlight 
put on it a very unwelcome spotlight in terms of how did you handle your concerns about this employee. Right. Well, this has been a very fast half hour, Lori. I, I would love to talk with you longer. I would love to also let our listeners know how they can learn more about what you offer and your services. Great. Well, I would. I love helping um, solopreneurs and you know, small businesses and giving all sorts of information. So they can certainly visit my website, which is hrtopics.com, which has all sorts of video and webinar and information on how to engage with me. Um, and also at live conferences and events, um, I'm speaking to a group of legal administrators in the near future and those are great ways for us to be engaged on a more personal level as well for me to come into your associations and organizations and provide this kind of content in a more um, workshop oriented format. And could you give us your website again once more so our listeners have an opportunity to jot it down if they are interested? Absolutely. It's HR, like human resources, topics, T-O-P-I-C-S dot com. And if anyone has a specific question of what we've talked about today, they are welcome to email me. My email address is just Lori, L-O-R-I, at hrtopics.com. Wonderful, Lori. This has been Lori Kleiman and Pat Iyer talking about some of the tricky aspects of recruiting and interviewing and making those difficult selection decisions when you want to bring in an employee. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this show. We appreciate your comments and feedback, and stay tuned for our program next week. Thank you, Lori, so much for being a part of this program. I appreciate your expertise. Thanks for being a part of this program. Check out our online training and books at LegalNurseBusiness.com. Expand your LNC skills with our resources. Also, explore coaching with me at LNCAcademy.com to get more clients, make more money, and avoid expensive mistakes. And finally, join our continuing education program and get monthly trainings at LNCCEU.com. You'll get two online trainings each month designed to deepen your knowledge and skills. And look forward to having you tune into our programs again next week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for legal nurse consultants on LegalNurseBusiness.com. Pat coaches legal nurse consultants so they make more money, get more clients, and avoid expensive mistakes. Check out her coaching program at lncacademy.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on iTunes. We always are interested in your ideas for new topics. Please leave a comment on legalnursepodcasts.com. Join our community and get notified of each new episode and receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on LegalNursePodcasts.com. We appreciate you and your interest.